Normalizing Disclosure or Reinforcing Heroism An Exploratory Critical Discourse Analysis of Mental Health Stigma in Medical Education Javid Sikera, Yelena Poleksik, Javeria Zahir, and Rachel Pack 1. Introduction In response to increasing psychological distress among medical learners, there's been a proliferation of medical education initiatives designed to improve learner well-being. A range of approaches to enhancing resilience and improving curricula have become commonplace. However, there's also been considerable critique. For example, some approaches have been criticized for being performative, superficial, and ineffective at producing sustained structural improvements in the well-being of learners and faculty. Although there may be potential reasons for the limited success of existing interventions, one potential barrier to advancing well-being is a pervasive stigma against help-seeking in the context of medical education. The concept of stigma can refer to multiple types of prejudice, discrimination, and distancing. In the context of this paper, we use the term stigma to refer to the prejudice and discrimination that disproportionately impacts individuals who are struggling with mental health challenges. In this context, stigma can include negative beliefs and behaviors that can be applied towards others or oneself, self-stigma. Stigma can also be manifested through interpersonal actions such as labeling, stereotyping, distancing, or withdrawal, interpersonal stigma, or be structurally embedded and reproduced through policies and practices structural stigma. Stigma can have negative consequences on an individual's self-efficacy, help-seeking, and can be empirically linked to suicide. For medical professionals, stigma can prevent help-seeking through the real risk of potential repercussions of disclosing distress. On certain state or provincial licensing policies, Physicians are required to disclose information about current or past mental health diagnoses and treatment, regardless of whether the diagnosis presently impairs their ability to practice medicine. Their disclosure might lead to probation or license revocation, even if the language used in these policies may contravene anti-discrimination legislation. Disclosure of mental illness to licensing bodies or hospital administration may also affect a physician's personal liability insurance and hospital credentialing. Stigma is also manifested through how health systems are structured. Medical learners often work and train in an environment where help-seeking can be challenging due to inflexible work demands and rigorous schedules. Services may also be difficult to access, especially in regional or rural areas. Trainees might be further deterred if they have concerns about privacy and the confidentiality of these services. These concerns are justified. In a recent study by Feister et al. in 2020, students who disclose experience with mental illness could be put at a notable disadvantage during the residency application process. The fear surrounding the impact of disclosure on career progression continues to be a commonly cited reason for the avoidance of disclosure. Notably, this fear is a product of the pervasive stigma surrounding mental health. 
Understanding how mental health stigma is understood and enacted among medical learners is essential to addressing its negative effects. The culture of medicine affects learners' willingness to seek assistance by perpetuating the view that those who seek help are weaker and less competent as physicians. The emphasis on selflessness and invincibility reinforces the idea that a physician's personal needs should come second to work responsibilities and implies that physician health should not be prioritized by the physicians themselves or the environments in which they work. Even in the early stages of medical education, learners are advised to hide vulnerabilities as a means of minimizing the actual and perceived risk of potential discrimination by peers, superiors, and patients. In this context, self-stigma and associated feelings of shame and embarrassment over one's distress may further constrain help-seeking. The expectations placed on learners and physicians to be invincible by the medical community itself are also mirrored in broader society. The current pandemic has brought the hero narrative to the fore, a sentiment meant to praise health workers working tirelessly at the front lines of the pandemic. Although this narrative is in part intended to raise healthcare worker morale, it may have the unintended consequences of minimizing the pressures physicians are facing and stifling conversations about organizational challenges and psychological distress. These effects are highly concerning, given that the level of burnout and symptoms of mental illness are higher among physicians than the general population. This pandemic constitutes a critical moment to analyze stigma-related discourses within the medical community, given the confluence of unique pressures that can perpetuate stigma against help-seeking and worsen physician well-being. The early phases of the COVID-19 pandemic provided a unique opportunity for inquiry into discourses regarding mental health stigma. In this context, stigma-related discussions rapidly proliferated as increasing attention to health worker well-being and burnout captured public attention. Much of this discourse took place across social and digital media platforms. Although the advantages of social and digital media include the creation of a space where users can share their experiences, raise awareness, and challenge stigma, such platforms may also amplify stigmatizing messaging. Therefore, social and digital media discourse may provide a useful window into how medical learners and physicians conceptualize stigma while providing potential insights about stigma-related barriers to help-seeking. In this study, we sought to conduct a critical discourse analysis to explore medical learners' encounters with stigma and their understandings of how it is embedded in medical education and the clinical environment. Our research questions were, one, what are the dominant discourses regarding mental health stigma in medical education? Two, to what extent do such discourses challenge or reinforce stigma against help-seeking? Two, methods. We selected Foucauldian Critical Discourse Analysis, CDA, as our methodological approach. Although there are a diverse set of approaches that fall in the category of critical discourse studies, our approach drew from traditional Foucauldian principles. According to Foucault, discourse is a set of statements or pattern ways of thinking 
that shapes the ways that phenomena can be understood and discussed within the parameters of our social world. For each phenomenon, numerous discourses may diverge, align, coexist, or compete with one another for prominence and influence. Discourses that emerge as dominant within a particular moment often appear to be a natural way of thinking about understanding the phenomenon in question, allowing the assumptions that bolster these discourses to go unexamined. The emergence of dominant discourses are therefore the effects of power and reflections of the broader social and political conditions in which they are situated. A Foucauldian CDA facilitates the interrogation of how some discourses resist or reinforce power and knowledge relations between subjects, for example, medical learners, and their conceptions of stigma. A Foucauldian CDA was consistent with their goal, which was to examine and problematize how stigma is resisted and perpetuated by the individuals and institutions that form part of our medical communities. Approval to conduct this study was obtained from the Western University Research Ethics Board. Our study began in the first few months of the global COVID-19 pandemic. In this context, we assembled a diverse team and discussed how best to assemble an archive of texts that sufficiently reflected the social world constructed by stigma-related discourses in a particular historical context. In our efforts to take an archaeological approach to assembling our archive, which was consistent with previous CDA examples in the medical education literature, we considered how we could best uncover the forces that drive the production and operation of discourses about mental illness stigma. We sought multiple sources of data for an analysis to enhance the rigor of our methodological approach. We recognize that although university, universal quality criteria are difficult to apply across a diverse spectrum of qualitative research, enhancing the adequacy of our sample while being flexible and pragmatic would improve the transferability of our findings. Our team therefore chose to embark upon our analysis by compiling an initial archive that was composed of social media conversations on Twitter. We felt that complementing online discourse with semi-structured interviews would allow us to understand how stigma is understood in both private and public contexts. After our initial analysis, we expanded our archive to include news articles, and to further enhance rigor, we conducted qualitative interviews with medical learners and faculty to expand sources of data and text in our archive. As the first step of our analysis, we oriented ourselves to our topic by reviewing relevant academic literature, news articles, and manually searching Twitter with keywords we identified as relevant to the issue of stigma. Keywords were developed iteratively through preliminary manual hashtag searches on Twitter, starting with the terms mental health and stigma, and then exploring any additional keywords that arose in the tweets. Through our keyword and hashtag search, we identified an index tweet written by a physician on July 11, 2020. The index tweet was chosen because it generated a significant amount of engagement and discourse online. 
For our initial analysis, we monitored and analyzed the discourses emerging in the retweets and threads associated with this index tweet. To mine and scrape Twitter data, we utilized the Octoparse interface to mine and extract tweets into a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet. Next, we utilized an algorithm previously established to distinguish between tweets by health professionals compared with the public. We then scraped for a four-week period during July and August of 2020 and manually traced discourse by identifying conversations emanating from the index tweet through replies and retweets. These tweets comprised our initial archive. Next, we expanded our archive also to include news articles because we believed that news articles reflected the nature of discourses on mental health stigma circulating at a broader public level in the context of the pandemic. Insights from our news archive complemented the tweet archive as many of the Twitter discussions included in the analysis were the subject of news articles and vice versa. We flagged four articles as being linked in our initial Twitter archive and subsequently conducted a search on the Google News platform using our initially established keywords. We then expanded our news archive to include an additional 17 articles published between July 11th and September 11th, 2020. After extracting key statements from our selected tweets and news articles, we chose to complement our textual analysis by recruiting for semi-structured interviews with medical students, residents, and faculty to deepen our evolving understanding of the discourses on mental illness in medicine that were circulating in online spaces. We felt that interviews could provide an opportunity to sensitively probe around topics that would not be a part of online or otherwise public discourse. The interviews also provided an opportunity to understand if the discourses we observed on social media resonated with participants and if they were reflected in their lived experiences. We electronically shared recruitment notices via private email lists with Canadian faculties in medicine and recruited through Twitter. We indicated that we were seeking participants for a study exploring stigma-related discourse among medical learners and staff during the COVID-19 pandemic. Twelve individuals participated in semi-structured interviews between August and November 2020. We recruited a diverse array of medical students, residents, and staff members across a variety of specialties. Table 1 lists participant demographic information, role in medical education, and time spent in an educator role. If applicable, interviews were conducted via teleconference or online conferencing software, and interviews ranged from 30 to 60 minutes. The semi-structured interview guide can be found in an appendix. 2.1 Data Analysis and Team Reflexivity Our team consisted of JS, who is the principal investigator and is a practicing child and adolescent psychiatrist and PhD scientist in health professions education. JP is a medical student with an interest in mental health ethics and medical education. JZ is a practicing psychiatrist, physician, administrator, and researcher. RP is a social scientist with an expertise in critical discourse analysis and interest in medical education. After assembling the initial archive, JS, JP, and RP read each tweet 
an article in the archive taking note of its discursive features through analytic memos. The team co-design and analytic framework align with the principles of Foucauldian analysis. The framework included questions about topics, themes, rhetorical strategies, problematization, and power relations. All team members met regularly to discuss their findings and revisit previously analyzed texts in an iterative fashion. Once the news archive was added, another phase of analysis occurred with further memos, team discussion, and refinement of developing findings. During the next phase of qualitative interviews, each transcript was systematically analyzed using the previously developed analytic framework to facilitate a critical and in-depth reading of the text that attended to both the content and the discursive tensions within the text. Throughout the analysis process, the authors paid close attention to how various elements of the discourses were constructed and what possibilities for thinking and action they engendered. Analysis continued to draw from principles of CDA to identify how language and social practices legitimize the ways in which disclosure, help-seeking, and stigma were discussed in both online and real-world contexts. All four authors read and analyzed all the interview transcripts in full, reflecting on how the discourses arising from the interviews were related to each other, as well as to the discourses that emerged from Twitter and articles within the archive. Once we confirmed the saturation of major findings through iterative reading of the three different sources that comprised our archive, we completed data collection and worked to refine our analysis to capture the dimensions and nuance of the dominant discourses on mental health stigma as identified in our archive. 3. Results Overall, stigma was constructed as being rooted within the structural power of the medical education system and society at large, and thus particularly resistant to the efforts of individuals to spark change. Through an analysis of tweets, news articles, and interviews, we identified several dominant discourses. There's a discourse of disclosure and normalization that emphasize that health professionals can reduce stigma by disclosing their help and treatment seeking through public avenues. However, there was a conflicting discourse of performance that emphasized that any attempts to reduce stigma through disclosure would be challenging within a culture that rewards perfectionism and lauds heroism. The discursive effects of disclosure and normalization were somewhat emancipatory whereas performance and perfectionism discourse positioned disclosure as disruptive and threatening the medical education system's need to maintain its own hegemony. Several tensions and contradictions emerged among and within these discourses. From the discursive effects of these discourses influenced healthcare professionals and students' understandings and enactment of stigma. A summary of our findings is provided in Table 2, along with additional detail about each discourse. 3.1. Disclosure and Normalization Through online public disclosure of their struggles, health professionals appear to reclaim power and reduce stigma related to mental health. In this discourse, stigma was understood as a red flag or force that keeps an individual's vulnerabilities hidden from public view.
by announcing that they, as a health professional, have sought help. These individuals were praised for their courage and bravery. The index tweet that elicited this discourse exemplifies the emancipatory power of disclosure. Replies and responses to this tweet emphasize the importance of validating the humanity of health professionals. Love all these docs tweeting about their need for mental health care. It's been such a large stigma in both medicine and nursing for far too long. Thanks for being brave. Esther Chu. Snarky Mama for July 11th, 2020. Thank you for sharing. I think it is slowly normalizing, at least among medical students. Mental health care should be promoted, not stigmatized. P. Ryu, 33, July 11th, 2020. The most resilient people I know have sought therapy and medication when needed. I talk with a therapist and so does my husband to help with living chronically ill. Why would not doctors who deal with my stress and sadness so professionally need support too? T. Tweets here. July 11th, 2020. The normalization of help-seeking and vulnerability was made possible by health professionals being open about their struggles on a public forum. As illustrated in the tweets above, a shared sense of vulnerability connected patients and health professionals together through a shared human experience. Disclosure and normalization were positioned as having the capacity to break or shatter stigma which was embedded both within the health education systems and the unrealistic expectations of both patients and health workers prevalent within society. Disclosure was therefore constructed as a heroic act that positioned those who speak up about their struggles as reclaiming authority and power away from health organizations. Throughout the tweet archive, news articles, and interview transcripts, self-disclosure in a public forum was positioned as being disruptive to power relationships and hierarchy. Participants suggested that online disclosure had greater reach, but was also limited due to less nuance within character limits inherent to online platforms. The power of online disclosure was noted to be greater due to common experiences of struggle among patients and health professionals. 3.2. Performance and Perfection the discourse of heroism also intertwined with discourses on performance and perfectionism. Although online discourse was constructed as being emancipatory and heroic, analysis suggested that the existing medical education system actively discourages help-seeking and that stigma was structurally embedded within cultural norms as well as a system of surveillance and regulation. All actors, including patients and health workers, were positioned as active participants that contributed to stigma by upholding existing norms and giving in to the pressure to conform. One aspect of performance that was prominent within the discourse was emotional suppression. Suppressing emotions was positioned as necessary for survival, as disclosure came with significant costs. In one news article, the author stated, quote, we choke down our emotions just to do our jobs, because that's what doctors are supposed to do." End quote. And added that despite advances in conversations about mental health and stigma, quote, expression emotion is still not commonplace or expected. 
end quote for physicians. Salas and Gold, April 2nd, 2020. When comparing and contrasting our online and news media archive with our qualitative interviews, analysis suggested that the act of emotional suppression contributed to the archetype of an emotionless health professional who functioned as a cog within the larger machine of healthcare organizations. Participant 3. Within the discourse, medical training was positioned as a force that tacitly encouraged the censorship of emotions instead of disclosing them. The narrative of Dr. Lorna Breen, a physician who lost her life to suicide, was predominant across the archive. One article stated that, quote, She was destroyed by the sheer number of people she could not save. She was devastated by the notion that her professional history was permanently marred and mortified to have cried for help in the first place. End quote. Another article highlighted how cultural norms discourage help-seeking due to the structural stigma embedded within licensure processes. Quote, Beyond the norms that discourage physicians from seeking care, professional fears may also play a role. Divulging mental health histories or treatment in the state licensing process can cost them their reputations and their practices. End quote. Performance was positioned as a force that pressured health professionals to either conform to a normative culture of stoicism and perfectionism or face penalization. One participant stated that life and death consequences were invoked to contribute to the need for perfection because of the human cost of error. Participant 6. Others stated that medical training promotes the expectation of perfection. Participants 7 and 12. Despite acknowledging that perfection is unrealistic. Participant 8. Yet another participant stated that medical training conflates competence with perfection and added that, quote, it's what we normalize. We normalize being picked on, not drinking or eating anything. The standard sets the tone, the stigma, the expectations, end quote, participant 9. 3.3, heroism. A discourse of heroism appeared to overlap with discourses on disclosure, performance, and perfection. Disclosure and normalization constructed acts of disclosure as worthy of validation. This discourse promoted the ideal of a heroic health professional who breaks the silence. There were several battle metaphors prominent within this discourse, which functioned to position vulnerable heroes against powerful organizations. Heroes were constructed as being role models who helped address the problem of stigma while working to transform culture. In contrast to the discursive subject of the heroic silence breaker was recognition that the hero narrative contributed to emotional suppression, silence, and suffering. For example, one of the tweets in our archive stated, quote, I think the hero rhetoric, as well-intentioned as it was, seriously, we appreciated the compliment, also makes it harder to admit feelings of despair, defeat, and fatigue. Chu E.K. July 11, 2020. While several participants also described how concepts such as martyrdom and sacrifice, participant 9, as well as the usage of militaristic terms such as courage and bravery, participants 1 and 6, promoted a culture of heroism that dehumanized healthcare workers, 
One also brought up the story of Dr. Breen and shared, quote, It's interesting to see the responses to that. I guess there's a sense of mourning, but I also think that it somehow feeds into hero culture and martyrship, martyrdom of physicians willing to give up their lives rather than seeing them as human beings. It's hard to differentiate that. People praise doctors for being so sacrificial. At the same time, people need to be aware of the harm that they're causing, potentially. Participant 3, end quote. These examples suggest that painting physicians as heroes in context of their disclosure and the normalization of disclosure is positive. By contrast, this discourse of heroism can reproduce harm by tacitly promoting individuals facing distress to suffer in silence, which supports the perceptions of healthcare professionals as superhumans who are expected to continue to tolerate increasing levels of distress. 3.4. Tensions and Contradictions Several discursive tensions emerged across the various discourses. A visual depiction of these tensions is provided in Figure 2. First, there was a fundamental tension between disclosure and performance. Healthcare was perceived as inherently hypocritical by extolling virtues that did not match with reality. One participant stated that there was an inherent, quote, hypocrisy of the system, end quote, when, quote, the demands of the system preclude any opportunity to address those struggles because the demands don't stop when the struggle begins, end quote, participant nine. Another described this hypocrisy by stating that medical school admissions require essays on hardship, yet, quote, they don't actually want to know your hardship, end quote, participant 10. Another participant described a central disconnect within a hidden curriculum where there was a discrepancy between what educational administrators say versus what they do. They went on to illustrate a disconnect between what administrators promote versus the realities of what would be required to take care of oneself. They drew parallels between how students or health staff were treated when they asked for time off and how mentally ill patients are received in the emergency room. Participant 8. The discursive effects of performance also created tension between the idealized and actual versions of medical training. Disclosure was idealized, yet disclosure of vulnerability did not fit within the ideals of objectivity for physicians. The ideal physician was also one that was competent and robotic with controlled emotions, participant 9, or bulletproof, participant 12. Another participant stated that if you experience burnout, quote, they'll give you two weeks off and expect you to come back and do the job exactly the same way that burnt you out in the first place. Participant 11, end quote. A third participant added that the system values courage and bravery, yet, quote, there's no flexibility, time, power over, end quote, their schedule. Participant 7. Disclosure online and in real life was also described in opposition. There is also a counter discourse to that of disclosure, suggesting that online disclosure contributed to performative activism and was superficial. One participant questioned if online disclosure carried more or less weight given the impersonal nature of social media. They went on to suggest that online disclosure leads to, quote, outward praise, end quote, but inward judgment, participant three. 
Another believed that online discourse about disclosure can be self-serving and involves, quote, oversharing because everyone's going to agree with you anyways, end quote, participant eight. Therefore, online disclosure could help start a conversation, but, quote, the conversation starts and does not continue, end quote, participant nine. 3.5. How stigma is understood and enacted. The discursive effects of disclosure, normalization, performance, perfection, and heroism influenced how stigma was understood and enacted. Several participants described stigma as a red flag or mark of negativity or disgrace. Participant 6. Stigma was also structurally embedded within the power and hierarchy evident in learning environments and demonstrated through how health systems were organized and structured. All actors contributed to reinforcing stigma, yet addressing stigma through disclosure was also described as insufficient to produce structural change. Discourse on disclosure positions speaking up as an insufficient action to change the system. The system was constructed as designed to uphold the norms of performance and perfection. One participant suggested that, quote, systems are not built to cope with any sort of disclosure, end quote, participant six, whereas another stated, quote, we can teach people all about stigma, but if the structures aren't in place to help them when they need it, no one's going to disclose, end quote, participant seven. Another participant stated that addressing stigma requires structural change because we need to, quote, fund the system more so that doctors aren't so stretched, end quote, participant eight. Nearly all participants remarked that disclosure was more challenging for individuals with less positional power who feared repercussions for speaking up. Stigma was localized across the entire system. It was embedded within individuals, participant 10, as medical learners were taught to see help seeking as something that was to be ashamed of and something that people do privately. Participant 1. It was demonstrated through psychiatrists and psychiatric training were delegitimized as, quote, not real doctors, end quote, participant 9, or, quote, not real medicine, end quote, participant 4. Stigma was also enacted through instructors who were trapped by cultural paradigms that lead trainees to be less sensitive to patients, participant 2, while reinforced through surveillance and monitoring by regulators participants 7 and 11, and patients who expected perfection from health professionals. Surveillance and monitoring were noted as a challenge to disclosure. One participant stated, I think that people are tweeting a little bit more about their mental health issues. They're openly kind of disclosing. Their people are more confident in their clinical care. If someone was out to get them or reported them, they'd probably still be privy to all the nuisance. Participant 2. 4. Discussion. A deeper understanding of stigma-related discourse in medical education enables educators to examine assumptions that underpin how stigma is both understood and enacted. The discursive tension central to our findings suggests that any initiatives designed to improve learner or faculty well-being must critically examine whether their approach perpetuates or dismantles stigma. In general, we learned that despite the potential emancipatory power of online disclosure, 
discourses of performance, perfection, and heroism suggest that there is a discrepancy between what is seen in public and private contexts. There is also a discrepancy between what actions and modes of resistance to stigma are possible. Stigma appears to be deeply rooted within the medical education system and solutions likely require transformative structural change. 4.1. Stigma in the context of disciplinary power and hierarchical observation. A Foucauldian approach was chosen because of Foucault's explicit recognition of the role of power in shaping discourse and practice. Foucault also highlights the concepts of disciplinary power, refers to the meticulous control and coercive underpinnings of the relationship between professions and society at large. The very nature of a discipline is to lose one's individuality to the larger purpose of the organization. Our findings suggest that discourses on performance, perfection, and heroism may reinforce the power of medical organizations while diminishing individual autonomy. Our analysis aligns with Foucault's description of hierarchical observation, which refers to individuals being constantly subjected to surveillance and monitoring. Hierarchical observation is often discrete and occurs outside of the awareness of most individuals. Foucault suggests that hierarchical observation also involves selecting and identifying accomplices to help surveil and observe learners. Participants in our study shared that disclosure of help-seeking and vulnerability was being constantly monitored, leading medical learners to be in fear of the consequences of revealing their distress. Hierarchical observation was maintained at multiple levels of power by both peers and administrators. Foucault's work highlights that as an effective power, individuals are often judged and compared against particular norms. We found that medical learners likely internalize norms that contribute to emotional suppression and inhibit help-seeking. They engage in self-monitoring and self-policing that are perpetuated by structural forms of stigma within regulatory bodies. Online disclosure during the unprecedented historical context of a global pandemic will likely disrupt existing norms. However, participants in our study highlighted that the idealized persona of a physician with the courage to be vulnerable conflicted with their daily reality. There are therefore limits to how private thoughts may be disclosed within public spheres. Our findings also suggest that the emancipatory potential of help-seeking and disclosure is therefore constrained by power dynamics and structural norms. 4.2. Implications for Stigma Reduction Our analysis also provides insights into potential solutions for stigma in medical education. Other Foucauldian concepts relevant to our findings are the ideas of technologies of power and technologies of the self. He suggested that creating space for resistance to the dominant technologies of power requires technologies of the self. For example, allowing individuals to exert influence on their own or with others with an orientation towards transformation. Foucault also suggests that confession can become a deceptive tool for hegemonic educations organizations to reproduce power. Our analysis suggested 
that an online confession of an individual's shortcomings and willingness to seek help through improvement may also constrain help seeking by reproducing the discursive effects of heroism. This finding raises the question if online disclosure is truly counter-hegemonic or if it remains situated within existing systems of surveillance and control. Medical professionals may still, however, have the power to challenge existing paradigms through online influence. Our findings suggest that such power comes from working across existing hierarchies and working with patients. Our analysis also demonstrated that the public played a role in facilitating a shift within existing power imbalances. The discursive effects of disclosure seem to bring health professionals and patients together around shared human identity. The idea of united or collected collective advocacy resonates with research, which suggests that patients can facilitate challenging hierarchical norms and advocating for change within medical contexts. 4.3 Limitations Many of the limitations inherent to an online discourse analysis were evident in our study. We deliberately chose a Foucauldian rather than corpus-based approach and focused on a discursive analysis of tweet threads, therefore limiting our analysis to threads stemming from an index tweet published by one physician on one particular social media platform. We also acknowledge that the tweets, news articles, and interviews were predominantly focused in a North American context and must be contextualized to a specific historical context during the early phase of the COVID-19 pandemic. There was circularity of data within our archive, where news articles were identified by being linked within tweets and vice versa. Tweet threads were linked within news articles. This is in addition to the article identified by our keyword search. One of the aims of incorporating this circularity was to see if we could further substantiate the discourses emerging within our Twitter archive, explore what other discourses similar or dissimilar existed elsewhere, and determine whether there were discourses that came into conflict. To address some of the methodological critiques regarding self-selecting data, we expanded our data sample to include a news ar archive and semi-structured interviews. Ultimately, our methodological choices and use of the index suite were intentional to provoke reactions and responses to discourses and enhance the rigor of our findings through a multiplicity of sources and perspectives. 5. Conclusion The language used by medical learners and faculty shapes how we understand mental health-related stigma and how any initiative designed to improve learner well-being is enacted in practice. Competing discourses on disclosure, performance, perfection, and heroism provide insight into how contemporary conversations on well-being are influencing how we train future physicians. The construction of the heroic social media personality who should be praised for their vulnerability is contrasted by the stark realities of a system where learners continue to be afraid to ask for help or take time off for their mental health. Discourses of heroism are also in contrast with the human cost of stigma against help-seeking, including tragic outcomes such as physician suicide. Organizations and regulators continue to wield 
significant structural influence over how stigma is enacted by maintaining surveillance and upholding a system that incentivizes suppression of human emotions. Acknowledgements. This work was generously supported by Physician Services Incorporated and the 2020 Ontario Medical Students Association's Medical Student Education Research Grant.